Welcome to The Blind Side. News and information from a blindness perspective. Here's Jonathan Mosen. It is great to have you here for episode 40 of the podcast in this particular format. And if you would like to be in touch with us, remember that you can email theblindside at mosen.org. That's the blind side, all joined together at mosen.org. Really appreciate all the very positive feedback in general that we receive in response to the podcast. It's a very Mosin Consulting-focused podcast today. Soon, we're going to be talking with Bonnie Mosin about her book, It's Off to Work We Go, which tackles the whole question of job readiness when you're a blind person. This one has been in the Mosin Consulting store for quite some time, but we haven't talked with Bonnie before on the blind side about the critical issue of blind people seeking work. And the reason why we're doing it now is because when you purchase Bonnie's book, It's Off to Work We Go, you've been eligible to access the job club that Mosin Consulting has been running. We are going to make a session of the job club completely free to anybody who wants to participate. And we're going to be using a regular telephone conference service for this one before we make the switch to using Zoom cloud meetings for these job club webinars. And we're going to make each webinar available for individual purchase if you'd rather not purchase Bonnie's book. But this next job club is absolutely free. So stay tuned. We'll cover what's in Bonnie's book. She has considerable professional experience in the field of finding jobs for blind people. And I know that those who are on the job hunt or who have some experience in this area will find this discussion with Bonnie very interesting. And we hope you'll attend the free job club that takes place next week. And speaking as I was just a moment ago about Zoom cloud meetings, Mosin Consulting has released a new audio book, and we really appreciate all of the response to this one. It's called Meet Me in the Cloud. It's a guide to Zoom cloud meetings from a blindness perspective. You will hear Zoom being used quite a lot on the blind side. We've used it once or twice before, but it's a remarkable platform in terms of what it can do and how generally accessible it is. The full book, which covers extensively how to host meetings and do advanced things with meetings, costs $35 in the Mosin Consulting Store. But we also made the first part of it available for free so that if you want to know how to attend a Zoom cloud meeting, you can find out about the basics of attending from your iPhone or your PC And it pretty much works the same way on your Mac as well. Absolutely free. So what we're going to do is play you that free part on the blind side today. So this is a free part of an audio book available from Mosin Consulting. That's what's coming up ahead. Now, there is no edition of A Cover at the Mosins this week. Just giving you a heads up about that. This is our global call-in show that we host live on Mushroom FM most weeks at 9 p.m. Eastern time on a Thursday night. Bonnie and I are celebrating our wedding anniversary soon and we are heading off to Melbourne, Australia for a few days away. Very much looking forward to that, but we'll be back with you another edition of A Cup at the Mosins the week after this one. Hello there, one, two. This is the Snowman tuning in for just a second to invite you to join me for my radio program. We call it Snow White FM. It's a program centered on the decades of the 60s and 70s, and it happens every Saturday night here on Mushroom FM. It's not just a music program either. It's personality radio, and we let our hair down and have a good time. And I'd really love to have you there. So jump into your time machine and find your way to 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Saturday nights here on Mushroom FM. The snowman. Mushroom FM. 
It's time to hear from this week's featured guest on The Blind Side. Since Mosin Consulting released the book by Bonnie Mosin, It's Off to Work We Go, which is a guide for blind job seekers, we've been running a job club. We're in the process of opening up that job club and to talk about this and a little bit about the book, because we haven't talked about the book on The Blind Side before, I'm joined by my partner in business and my partner in life, Bonnie Mosin. It's great to have you back, Bonnie. It's great to be here today. Thank you so much. We're going to talk about this job club and how people can participate for free in this next one, and then we'll look at what might be happening with the job club going forward. But before we do that, can you tell me a bit about It's Off to Work We Go? I must say that we get some lovely emails from people Mm -hmm. through the contact form about our various books And hearing how this book has empowered people and given them some hope and given them some confidence, it's wonderful. So give us a bit of a pricey about the book. Okay. It's Off to Work We Go is a comprehensive guide for job seekers who are mainly blind or visually impaired, but I think there's something in it from everyone at any stage of the the job seeking process, whether they have a disability or not. We cover such things as looking for employment, hidden avenues to look for employment, not just your standard job sites, networking, uh, volunteer experiences, internships, how to work on the job once you've landed that job, the interview process, um, the office navigating the often sometimes, shall we say, uh, playground area of the office environment and how to do that successfully as a, a person with a disability. Yeah, I've never met an office that doesn't have its politics no, yet. No, no, no. <laughs> Even if you work remotely, you run into politics. But I think yeah. that there's a lot of things, there's a lot of good material out there on looking for employment, whether you have a disability or not. But I think the thing, and maybe I'm a bit biased here, but I've also heard it from readers, is the thing that sets my book apart from some of the others is the fact that it is written from a personal perspective. I am a former vocational rehabilitation counselor. So the book has a global, is targeted at a global audience. But because I have that background in vocational rehabilitation, and I'm most familiar with the employment uh, situation of persons who are blind and visually impaired in the United States, I talk a lot about the rehab process and navigating that often sometimes treacherous sea of government bureaucracy. And what people have told me is I give a lot of personal anecdotes. I don't talk about clients by name or anything like that, but I give a lot of examples either from my own personal experiences or from other colleagues or or people that I have worked with over the years. And I'm honest. And I think sometimes that people, either they want to read something that's sugar-coated or they want someone to be honest with them. But I, I don't pull any punches about this is not an easy thing. You can't just walk in and expect to find a job. It's it's not easy. And there are definitely, even in 2017, considerable barriers to employment. And I think that that's one thing that sets my my book apart from, from many of the others. And it can be incredibly, I mean, brutalizingly demoralizing when you know that you're very capable, you're qualified to do a particular task and you keep being knocked back. And you know that the reason why you're being knocked back is because of perceptions of your 
disability that are inaccurate. And these days it's harder to prove, right? Because unless you're a really dumb employer, mm-hmm. you know that it's not legal anymore to discriminate it's on the grounds of disability. And so when the disability discrimination yeah. goes underground, it can be harder to confront it. Very. It's next to impossible to to prove discrimination. As you said, an employer's not going to come out. Well, some will. Uh, you know, it's amazing when, a you talk, will, yeah. a, when you talk to jo- – well, the reason we're not hiring you is because you're blind. They blatantly say that, which honestly I'd rather than be honest about it than, than not. But a lot of times you get the fact, oh, we found someone that had more experience. And you can't – unless you know who that person is. And sometimes, sometimes you may know who the person that got the job is, and you may say – Really? Or you might say, I get it. But on the flip side of that, but yes, a lot of times either they won't reply to you, which that's standard HR proceedings anyway, even with people who don't have disabilities. The whole human resources and employment landscape has changed so much, even in the uh, uh, 20-some-odd years that I have been gainfully employed is – There's no loyalty anymore with companies. You don't have 30 years, 40 years experience with someone. Employers, they want to hire. They're only interested in the bottom line for their company. So if you have a disability or even if you're a mature worker, which is a really a scary proposition that if you're over 35, they're classifying you as a mature worker. (laughs) You have, which is not a pleasant thing to think about, but. They want to hire someone with the least experience that they can train themselves and that they can pay less. Mm -hmm. And the thought of having to have reasonable accommodations, which we go into quite a bit in the book, a lot of times a reasonable accommodation employer thinks they're going to have to reinvent the wheel half the time, that it's going to cost billions and billions to the company. Sometimes it's as simple as putting in a light at a desk. I mean, most of the time it's very, very simple. And there's, there's funding out there. But yes, discrimination does exist. It's it's very hard to prove. A lot of times you you just you don't know. And that leads to I think questions in your mind, are you ever going to land that job? There are a lot of people working. That's the the beauty of it that there is a high unemployment rate or underemployment rate. The statistics on that change. I see 70%. Other times I see 30%. I mean, that 70% has been around it's forever, hasn't it? And it's almost like I, 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 it's just been around so long, I almost wonder whether it's an urban mess. Well, I get I've gotten some feedback on it that it doesn't technically exist. But if you look at the labor statistics, it's still there. So, and statistics are an interesting animal because they're very fluid. And depending on who is doing the statistics, you can skew them for your own uh, purposes. And a lot of times you have to look at who the the group is that's being surveyed, as you will, because many, especially persons with disabilities and blind in particular, a lot of them are older. So they're out of the job market. A lot of them have not entered the job market. A lot of them have other disabilities and may not be able to work, or they may be in that process of going to school or going to a rehab training facility. So it's very hard to tell sometimes, and they don't take into account, of course, people who are being under uh, paid under the table. It's a confusing statistic, but it does run between 30 and 70 percent. And I, I don't know what the actual number is. I can only say what I've seen, but it is it is high. But people are working and that's the beauty of it, that you can find you can find employment. You just have to be very diligent in it. And 
One of the biggest issues that I have seen as a professional and just running the job club is there are jobs out there, but the people that are looking don't have the skills. And that could be from not knowing the technology, not being a competent. And when I say competent, I mean, be able to open an email and read it. Uh, JAWS or Zoom text or whatever your screen reading, screen magnification product of choice is. You don't have to be an expert. I mean, I've worked in offices with sighted people who have no clue how Outlook works or even how to do an attachment, you know, but you need to be able to at least perform the functions of the job and at least be able to to learn and be willing to to upskill yourself. Other factors are mobility skills. Again, you don't have to be able to tap your cane or work your guide dog uh, through the Sahara Desert without any guidance, but you need to at least be able to navigate somewhat competently. And, and other things like that, just not having skills, not having the training, not having the education, having the education or the training, not using it or being out of the workforce for too long because employers are picky. They don't care or some may care, but, and they don't understand that, oh, I've been looking for a job for 10 years. I've been looking for a job for two months. I've been looking for a job two days. You know, if you get laid off yesterday or if you graduate yesterday, they want to know what you did that 24 hours. You know, no, they're not interested that you laid around on the couch, took a break because you, you know, you really need it. You've been studying for four or five years and you wanted to binge out on some and with an E on Netflix or whatever. It's very good, too. Yeah, it's very good. Very good but they want to know, what did you do? And what yeah. did you do in university? Have you volunteered? You know, because and, and volunteering is such an important thing. And I think it's something that is a lot of people don't consider because it's not paid employment, but yet it is a type of, of employment. Depending on the nature of that volunteering, it can give you the discipline of being in work. I mean, for yeah. example, on and off for the last seven years or so, um, I've been running Mushroom FM and we run a pretty tight ship. It's a very, people who listen to it know it's a very professional sounding product, but nobody gets paid, including me, the person that runs it. It's a, it's a labor of love. It's something I love to do and it's something that everybody involved loves to do. And so there are many examples like that, voluntary projects that can give you the discipline of being in work and some focus. I think one of the real challenges for people in this situation is trying to keep motivated and keep being positive. And in my view, one of the really important things is to have a space and I think you, you allude to this in your book, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. Um, it, it's been a wee while since I read it now. Me but, too. <laughs> but, but, but having a space in your home where you sit down and you say, this is my workspace. Mm-hmm. And in essence, finding a job has to be the full-time job. Yes. And so some of every weekday, I think, should be devoted to seeking out the jobs through various avenues that are available online and I guess we just have so much advantage compared with people say 20 25 years ago because there are so many job ads posted online yes. and we don't need to rely on a sighted person to look through the papers anymore so seeking out the work applying for the work you think you can do but also I think your comment about job readiness and technology skills is really important and it doesn't have to cost a lot of money it's actually one of the reasons why 
Mosin Consulting has always sought to keep its pricing at the lower end while trying to make it profitable for us to put the hours into researching and writing and proofing and publishing. We try to keep it at the low end. But also when you look at a company like VFO under the Freedom Scientific umbrella, there are stacks of free webinars, tutorials that teach you how to use various aspects of your assistive technology. When you're in that job seeking mode, Mm -hmm. that's all part of your training, isn't it? That you've you've got to keep those skills up, acquire new skills, so that when the big opportunity does come along, you're ready to grasp it with both hands. But staying motivated to do all those things can be really, really tough when you just keep being knocked back all the time. I think that's the hardest part. That can really, you know, you talk about having your own space to, to essentially go to work. Work has changed so much over the years. You know, a lot of people still do have a brick and mortar, if you will, to use that overused term, office that they can go into. But so many work from remotely now. So you could sit on your couch all day in your pajamas. And while that's a good thing, I think sometimes you still need that mindset to come down. And I'm guilty of it, too. So I I can say I'm guilty as charged, not coming down to the the office and getting in that mindset, okay, now we're going to spend 20 minutes writing or 20 minutes um, looking at a job site. I mean, it, it works for me. I mean, yeah. I when I come in here, as you know, mm-hmm. I'm at work. Yeah. And I could probably get away with not getting dressed for days sometimes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. but, you know, I but come in here. But you also work from the couch and the bed. Yeah. But I come, yes. But I mean, when it comes to sort of the main part of the day, I come in here, I'm, I'm dressed for work, and I'm this is my space. And when I mm-hmm. get in here, I'm in work mode. And I do think it really helps. It does help. And it's, but it's difficult to, to remain motivated, especially. Especially because you, and nowadays when I talk about that in the book, you can have job ads fed to your email that come every day. So you check it, okay, 20 new jobs on Indeed or Seek, which is ours that we use here. Um, Trade me jobs in New Zealand is a big one too. And of course there's LinkedIn. And Um, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is an interesting one because I have still yet not found anyone who has found a job through LinkedIn. There are a lot of jobs posted there. There are a lot of jobs posted, but staying motivated, I I think, is the hardest part because after a while, you just, you get sick of it. You know, there's nothing out there and sometimes there really is nothing out there. And you've got to be pretty resilient to cope with all the rejections. And and as a, and, and, you know, blind people, persons with disabilities can do a lot of things. Um, They can do the sky's the limit or the sky's not the limit, depending on how you, but let's just face it, there's some things that we're just not going to get hired for. Like, um, I always get a little bit angry sometimes, and maybe I shouldn't. It, I hear people complain about, you know, they're hiring at, um, at Starbucks or a restaurant or Burger King or insert whatever entry-level position you want here. They don't want to do that. They're looking for work, but yet, no, they don't want to do that. They're not sure what they want to do, but they know they don't want to work at the Burger King. And, you know, myself and, and other people who are are blind or whatever would love to do that. But yet the chances of us walking in there and yet there may be someone flipping burgers somewhere. There probably is or, or pumping gas. But the odds of us walking in there and being hired are almost non-existent. And I think that's what leads to a lot of frustration that you see so many people 
who won't work, can't work, whatever, you know, they're, they're looking for, you know, they've just graduated university and they want to start out at the top of the company instead of the bottom. And you see that and it really does cause you ask your question, you ask the question, you know, what's what's going on here? And that really that can really mess with your motivation as well. There's a lot in the book at Mosin Consulting Store, mosin.org, and the book is called It's Off to Work We Go by Bonnie Mosin. And um, it, it's very readable. It's it's a chatty kind of book because mm-hmm. you're a chatty kind yeah, of person. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and so it, it, it's a good read, a very entertaining read. It's available for $29.95, and it's, a, uh, it's an e-book, so you can get it in a range of formats that all work with technologies like Voice Dream Reader and similar apps like that. Now, when you purchase that book – you automatically get access to the job club, which you have been running under the Mosin mm-hmm. Consulting umbrella for a wee while now. Mm-hmm. And that will continue, right? So yes. when people buy this book, they will get access to the job club indefinitely for free. We will soon be switching to the Zoom cloud meeting platform for the job club. And we're going to open up the job club on a webinar-by-webinar basis for people to purchase each job club for a low cost. If they don't feel that they will benefit from the book, and I personally think that's a shame, but if you if you think you have all those skills but you'd like to get together with a group and talk about job skills or benefit from a particular expert that may be at one of these job club meetings, you will be able to pay through the store to attend a particular webinar through Zoom cloud meetings. What you have decided to do, though, is make the next job mm-hmm. club completely free. Yes. And we haven't switched to Zoom yet, so this is going to be on a telephone right. conference call mm-hmm. with numbers all over the place. And that will give people a kind of a, a feel for what this job club is like so that as we move to Zoom and make it available to everybody who wants to pay a small fee for the webinars, they are able to do that. So mm-hmm. what is happening on this job club and when is it? Let me talk a little bit about the the idea of job club, what a job club is if someone is not familiar with it. A job club is it's usually a physical meeting where people go. Usually it's it's those that are, are seeking employment and they may discuss a wide range of topics such as resume writing interviewing oftentimes they they may have a a person that comes in and speaks on a specific topic we ran a lot of those at uh, my former employer the mask commission for the blind found them very successful because when people again part of that motivation of getting up to come in that helps but also you get the support of others and it's not a support group per se, although you do give each other support and talk about kind of the frustrations, the successes, what works, what doesn't work. I find that I learn more from the people in the job club than I could ever teach them because their style, I never thought about that. And that's that's what it's all about because there are no, everyone's an expert on something. Some some people act like they're more of an expert than others, but everyone has something to, to contribute their experiences. What we are doing, um, and the, we meet once a month, usually the last... Thursday, which is Wednesday of the month, because it's global, it makes. Can it you just clarify that the last Thursday? Which okay, is yeah, Wednesday. I was getting ready to. <laughs> because it is global, and this is where it gets confusing. We do have people mainly right now in the United States and Australia, and because I'm in New Zealand, I try to find a time that is suitable for everybody, which is difficult. So we've set it at 8 p.m. Eastern time in the United States, and that this this month it'll be the last Wednesday, which will be June the twenty eighth. Which that means that it's noon here in New Zealand, 
10 a.m. in Australia. Other countries, sorry, guys, you just have to figure it out. We have people that call in. It is free in your country. Like Jonathan said, there are numbers that you can access. And if you have free landline or mobile, it is free for you to call. This month, we're having a guest, Dr. Karen Wolf, and she runs her own private consulting firm out of Austin, Texas. She's done a lot of work with a lot of writing, a lot of public publishing of articles in the Journal of Visual Impairment, also with Career Career Connect on um, American Foundation for the Blind on transitioning to work, a lot of early work experience. She's um, done a lot with the Texas School for the Blind, has also taught through the Perkins e-learning program, and has also taught and lectured at the university level, training rehabilitation counselors and other professionals in the, the field of special education. And what she is going to be talking about is resume writing, targeting especially formatting and style and what employers are are looking for now, and I'm sure a lot of other things will will come up as well as usually does on these on these uh, oh, yeah. discussion calls. But the reason this was suggested is, and I talk about this in in my book, is when you're making cover letter or resume to send off, you want it to be as visually appealing as humanly possible, because chances are the HR person is going to be cited that's looking at it, and though you can do run the spell checker, the grammar checker, the the text analyzer, everything within your power, you still want somebody. And, and I recommend this for anyone doing a resume, whether they be sighted, blind or, or not, have someone else look over it because you can look over something a million times and still not pick up on that stray comma. That's just yeah. that's just a fact. I, I also think there's another aspect to this, and mm-hmm. that is that if, like me, you know, you're congenitally blind, and mm-hmm. so you've never seen a print document. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Judy Dixon about this the other day, actually, and she was talking about how the Opticon, which she still uses and loves very, very much, um, is, is useful for her in getting a, a feel for this. But... It's one thing to be able to know how to have your screen reader tell you that this particular passage is italicized and this is the font and this is the style that's in use and things like that. But you do, I think, as a blind person, have to receive an education at some point. That's not to say there aren't a lot of blind people that have this education already, but a lot of us don't. A lot of us don't really have an appreciation for what is it that actually makes a document look good. Mm-hmm. You know, appropriate use of spacing, appropriate use of different fonts, different things like bolding, underlining. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who've never seen a document and mm-hmm. quite understandably choose to turn a lot of that verbosity off because mm-hmm. it's just verbiage when you're trying to listen to the text of your document. We don't know. And so that's another really important factor. And it's just so critical. People can thumb their noses at this. But look, we live in a sighted world. This is the one chance we have in front of that HR manager to make a good first impression. Mm -hmm. And trust me, guys, I've been on the other side of the table interviewing people, looking at resumes, cover letters, and a lot of people make mistakes. We're talking about sighted people who don't do the font, who don't have a general understanding of how it should visually look. So the more you know, knowledge is power, and the more you know and the more you have in that toolbox to go out there and and fight for for getting a job, the better off you are. So she's going to come and talk to us about that next week. I'm sure a lot of people will, will have a lot of questions. 
Yeah, I've been on the other side of that table too. And I can tell you that you're always looking for ways to get the pile smaller. Yes. There's all, yes. You're looking for an excuse to put this application in the no pile so that you can have a maybe pile that's manageable. If somebody emails me with a cover letter for a job application, you know, and they, they want me to hire them and pay them money, and they do things like spell my name J-O-H-N-A-T-H-A-N, you know, they put a, another H in, mm -hmm. in Jonathan that isn't there, or they don't even bother to put their email, their job application letter through a spell checker, or... You know, sometimes they write to whom it may concern, even when the name of the person you should apply to is in the job ad, mm -hmm. then your antenna go up. If, if, if they don't care enough about this position to check these things and make it personal and, and speak to you in, a, in an intelligent way, put them in the no yeah, pile. Or to follow you know, basic in instructions. If it says no phone calls, don't make it. Or if it <laughs> says no attachments or a specific type attachment, which some of these... Uh, online app online applications want then you know follow instructions basic basic kindergarten stuff here now we are going to publish on the Mosin consulting announcements list which hopefully most of our blindside listeners are already on because we have a very large number there this is a this is a very occasional list that whenever we publish a new title or we have something to say you'd be lucky to get a one post a month uh, on average. So it's very, very low traffic. If you are on the Mosin Consulting announcements list, then you will receive a uh, an email with instructions about this soon, if you haven't already. Uh, for those who are not on the Mosin Consulting announcements list, you can uh, join that from the Mosin Consulting website. And we'll also post that information to the Mosin Consulting blog. And then um, you can get a free sample of what the job club is like. And then we'll be making webinars available through the Zoom cloud meeting platform for a reasonable price. And those will be available for archive. So if you can't attend them live, but you'd like to purchase the webinar for later listening, you'll be able to do that through the Mosin Consulting store. And again, if you go ahead and purchase the book, it's off to work, we go by Bonnie Mosin, you will continue to receive those webinars uh, completely free going forward. So buying the books, you get a lot of yeah. useful advice and you kind of lock in the webinars for the foreseeable. Also wanted to just um, add in here that I do offer resume reading and cover letter services and consultations as well. Unfortunately, I do have to charge for those services because we do have to eat. <laughs> um, you know, I wish I could, I, I feel very, I eat less than I did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I do wish that I, I could offer it free because I know that when you're looking for employment, a lot of times you are on a fixed income and I wish I could offer it all for free, but I will work with you on different things. It doesn't necessarily have to be cover letter writing or resume writing. It could be if you want to beef up your interviewing skills, if you, um, want some, maybe advocacy work on if you're just not comfortable dealing with the agency that you're dealing with, I can do that as well. So anything that related to the the process of seeking employment, I am a former vocational rehabilitation counselor. I hold a master's in rehabilitation counseling from the University of Kentucky. I am a certified VR counselor. Um, however, I will admit that I have not kept the licensure up over the past few years because um, haven't been in the field, but I have over seven years experience. I always met goals. As many of you know, it is a numbers game. 
um, in vocational rehab. And um, I was able to exceed those federal goals four years running uh, when I was at the Mass Commission for the Blind. So, or meet or exceed those those goals. So, it, as far as placing, so I have a good track record. So, if you are wanting some sort of services, you know, contact me. You can contact me at Bonnie at Mosen. That's M O S E N dot org, and that's B O N N I E. And I'd be willing to discuss something with you. Um, in terms of payment, we can we can certainly work something out. Cool, and we look forward to helping to continue to make a dent in those uh, job statistics, and do avail yourself of the free job club. And we'll certainly be posting once we switch to the Zoom Cloud Meeting platform about how you can purchase individual job club. Uh, what would you call them? Sessions. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that's great. Thank you so much. Well, it's, thank you uh, so much for having me. And the book is called It's Off to Work We Go. You can find out more by going to the Mosen Consulting Store at mosen.org and checking out the book It's Off to Work We Go. When you make a purchase using PayPal, which can also work with any major credit card, it's an instant download. Hi, it's Michael Godin from Treasure Island Oldies. Start your weekend off in style. Saturday mornings at 7 a.m. Eastern Time for four hours of the best music on Treasure Island Oldies. Every Saturday, 7 a.m. Eastern on Mushroom FM. Treasure Island Oldies. And now, stories making news in the blind community on The Blind Side. Hi, I'm Jonathan Mosen from Mosen Consulting. We've published an audio book on the powerful, accessible Zoom cloud meeting service called Meet Me in the Cloud, a guide to Zoom cloud meetings from a blindness perspective. The impressive feature set, superb accessibility on multiple platforms, ease of use, value for money and quality audio means that we'd love to see Zoom cloud meetings used more often in the blind community. It's a product that's got us really excited. We also know that in businesses and universities all over the world, Zoom cloud meetings are being used widely, so becoming familiar with them is a good skill set. Mosin Consulting uses Zoom cloud meetings as its webinar platform of choice. For all these reasons, we're making the first part of our audiobook available to the blind community for free as a gift from us. It shows you how to get started if you want to participate in a Zoom cloud meeting. We hope you'll find that the information helps you to make basic use of Zoom meetings. If you'd like to know much more and become a power user for both attending and hosting meetings, then please head over to mosen.org slash zoom. That's M-O-S-E-N dot org slash zoom, where you can learn more about our audiobook and what it contains and purchase it for instant download. Enjoy a part of this audiobook on us. Welcome to Meet Me in the Cloud, a guide to Zoom meetings from a blindness perspective. My name's Jonathan Mosen, and in this audiobook, I'll be helping you to make the most of Zoom. It's a powerful cross-platform audio and video communications tool, and its developers continue to demonstrate a strong commitment to accessibility. Its basic offering is completely free and you can substantially upgrade its capabilities for a monthly charge that's incredibly reasonable given all that it does. This audiobook is for you whether you want to create compelling and effective online meetings, 
Use the high-quality, low-latency audio capabilities of Zoom for one-on-one conversations, hold global audio telephone conferences, or integrate it into recording top-quality podcasts. In this audiobook, I'll be using JAWS for Windows, the world's most popular screen reader for the majority of the time. When I discuss Zoom's mobile offerings, I'll be using an iPhone, running VoiceOver, which is the screen reader built into all iOS products. But the user interface of Zoom adheres to accessibility standards, so if you use a different operating system or screen reader, you should still be able to glean much from my demonstrations and descriptions. Note that since the Zoom website and its clients are under regular development, it may be that not all of the features are exactly as I describe them by the time you hear this tutorial. But hopefully you'll be able to get enough information to proceed. I first became aware of Zoom while I was taking a course via long-distance learning at Stanford early in 2015. And when I learned that I'd have to attend online lectures via a meeting platform, my heart sank. So many of these solutions are tricky or even impossible to use with a screen reader. I was thrilled to discover then that, while not perfect at the time, Zoom was the most accessible mainstream platform of its kind that I'd come across. I've watched it closely since then, and I've been delighted by increasing accessibility over the last couple of years. Chances are you may have run across Zoom as well, because by mid-2017, Zoom was being used by over 550,000 businesses, which includes 50% of Fortune 50 companies. Also, it's used in 5,900 schools. But it's important to understand the platform's limitations from an accessibility perspective. As I'll demonstrate later, it is possible for a blind person to run great-looking presentations. If you're presenting to a sighted audience, the ability to run this kind of presentation could make the difference between being able to perform the tasks expected of you in your job and not being able to do the job at all. But like most platforms of this kind, Zoom shows what's on your screen to other meeting participants by sending a video stream of your screen using industry standards such as H.264. If being able to push presentation notes accessibly to blind people is critical for your use case, then you should investigate another option, like TC conferencing, which has been designed specifically to serve the blind community. That said, accessible presentation slides could be uploaded elsewhere and a link provided in the meeting's chat window, and there are numerous advantages of going with Zoom. So let's dive in. Attending your first meeting. Many people first come across Zoom when they're invited to a Zoom meeting. Each Zoom meeting consists of a numeric code. If you know you're going to make regular use of Zoom, then it makes sense to install the Zoom software on all of your devices and configure it according to your preferences. You can join in a meeting either by pasting or typing the meeting ID into the Join Meeting screen or by activating a link which will take you to a web page and cause the Zoom app to start and take you to the meeting. If you'd like to go ahead and install the Windows or Mac clients, then you can visit www.zoom.us, that's www.zoom.us, and you can download the appropriate software from there. The install is a standard process on both the PC and the Mac. Zoom apps are also available in Apple's App Store 
and on Google's Play Store. If you activate a Zoom meeting link from an iOS device before you've installed the app, iOS is going to want to take you to the App Store to download the Zoom app. You'll be bugged, therefore, with permission screens in Safari asking if it's okay for the web page to open the App Store. So if you do intend attending Zoom meetings on your iPhone or your iPad, I'd recommend going to the App Store first. Search the App Store for Zoom and install the app named Zoom Cloud Meetings. Some meeting organizers also enable joining by telephone numbers around the world. This is a service that Zoom offers. If the meeting organizer has paid for toll-free access, you may be able to dial in on a toll-free number. But usually the phone numbers are standard and long-distance charges may apply. If you're only going to attend Zoom meetings once in a while, then it's easy to join using your PC or your Mac without having to install and configure the full app. So let's begin there. A common scenario is that someone may have sent you an email either with a link to a meeting in progress or a link to a meeting that will take place at a later time. And in that case, the email will tell you when the meeting is to take place. I have a Windows machine here. It's an L Braille and it doesn't have Zoom Cloud Meeting on it at the moment, and it never has. So I'm going to go into Microsoft Outlook. I've invited myself to a meeting, and we'll show you what happens if you get an invitation and you haven't installed the Zoom software yet. Unread. Jonathan Mosin, please join Zoom meeting in progress, 9.24 a.m., 7KB, 1 of 1. And this is what the email might look like. I'll press Enter to open the email. Message from Jonathan. And now I'll start to read it. You are invited to a Zoom meeting now. Join from PC, Mac, Linux, iOS, or Android. HTTPS 6. And then we have a URL. And then if we scroll down. Blank. Or iPhone 1. Tap US blank. Or telephone. Dial. Plus 1486. And there are a bunch of phone numbers here. The way I have my Zoom meetings configured, I have numbers for the United States, Australia, the UK, and New Zealand because I quite often communicate with people from those countries. I'll scroll back up to get to the URL. Dial or blank or blank. Link HTTP. There's the link. I'll press enter on this, and keep in mind that this device has never had Zoom on it in any form before. Launch meeting Zoom Internet Explorer. Launch meeting Zoom. Notification bar. Result plus N. Do you want to run or save Zoom Launcher.x130kb from Launcher.zoom.us? Now I'm being asked if I want to run or save Zoom Launcher. What you get will depend on the browser that you use. So with some browsers, you won't be given the option to run the application. You may need to save it, in which case the application will be saved to your default downloads folder. And you'll need to use File Explorer in Windows 10 or Windows Explorer in earlier versions of Windows to locate the file and run it. Since I'm using Internet Explorer on this device, I do have the Run option in the information bar, so I'll simply press Alt-R to run the application. 12% Notification bar Result plus N Running security scan Notification bar Result plus N Running security scan Zoom dialog Setting up Zoom dot 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 Progress bar read only 0% 43% Zoom is now being set up. Zoom, edit, user, computer, braille, user, please enter your name, user, edit, computer, braille. I'm now asked to enter my name, 
since I'm already logged in as Jonathan Mosen on my main account, I'm just going to type tutorial demo and press the tab key. Blank. Remember my name for future meetings checkbox checked. Normally, if you're typing your real name, you would want to leave this box checked and have your name remembered for future meetings. I'm going to uncheck it. Not checked. And press tab. Join button. I'll press the space bar to activate it. Alert. Jonathan Mosen has joined the meeting. Zoom. Join audio conference by computer button. To make this demonstration happen, I'm logged in on my primary Zoom account on my main computer, and I received a notification that the tutorial demo has joined the meeting. So what do we have on our computer, the one that's joining a Zoom meeting for the first time? Let's look at the current line. Join audio conference by computer button. If you choose to install the full Zoom meeting application, you can automate the process of joining your audio whenever you get a meeting invitation. But by default, you have to enable audio on each meeting that you attend. That's what's currently in focus. I'll press the tab key. Test computer mic and speakers link. We can also test our computer mic and speakers. We'll cover that in a later part of this tutorial. Automatically join audio by computer when joining a meeting checkbox not checked. You may well want to check this box because it just simplifies the process. It means that whenever you're invited to a meeting in future, you'll automatically join the computer audio and you won't have to worry about this process. Computer audio tab check selected. If I press the left arrow key, phone call tab check selected. You can participate in a cloud meeting via phone, as we discussed earlier, while joining the meeting on your computer for the purposes of screen sharing. Our right arrow, computer audio tab check selected. Because we want to use the computer audio, which gives us much better fidelity. I'll press the tab key. Join audio conference by computer button. And we're back around to the join audio conference by computer button. So although we've taken the time to explore this screen, since this is the first time we've seen it, it's simply a case of running the application, letting the install do its thing. And when Zoom Launcher runs, you're automatically sent to the meeting whose invitation caused this app to be downloaded. Press the spacebar on the join audio button and you're away. We'll do that now. Now I'll stop that because of the way that the audio is set up on the mixer at the moment, you're hearing echo back, but that means that you can tell that we have joined the conference. If you install the full Zoom client on your device, you'll find that there are a lot of configuration options and we'll take a look at those shortly. But there are some key commands that I'd like to introduce you to now, just in case you don't choose to install the full client or you don't go ahead and configure the client. It may be that when you join your audio, that your audio is unmuted. That, in fact, is the default. The host may well mute your audio on a meeting-by-meeting -meeting basis, but it's nice to know how to mute your audio in the event that you just want to listen to a presentation that's going on. If everybody's considerate enough to mute their audio, then it also cuts down on unessential background noise like dogs barking or text-to-speech engines talking away. So you can mute your audio by pressing Alt with A. Think of Alt with A for audio. You'll get confirmation spoken as to whether the audio is muted or unmuted. If you're using a Mac, then the equivalent command is Command-Shift-A. Similarly, you may like to take some comfort from the fact that your video is not on, particularly if you don't feel comfortable about sharing your video. Once again, the host can determine whether a meeting exists with or without video, but they have no ability to stop you from turning your video off, even if it is a video meeting. To do that, press Alt plus V for video. 
The Mac command is Command-Shift-V, which toggles video on and off. Once again, you'll get some spoken feedback about the current state of video. Sometimes you'll attend a video where the host has muted everyone's audio because there's a presentation. You may listen to a guest speaker or two and have the ability to ask questions. In the Zoom client, there's a concept known as raising your hand, and that indicates to the meeting host that you want to speak. To raise your hand, press Alt-Y on Windows, Command-Shift-Y on Mac. At this point, at least with the version of the Zoom client that I'm using, I get no feedback that my hand has been raised. There are many other keyboard commands, and we'll discuss a lot of them later in this tutorial, but you can also find them on the Zoom website, or if you check under Settings Accessibility, you can scroll through the list there. It's frequently being updated with new features. So now let's take a look at how it works on the iPhone or iPad, any iOS device. I'm going to locate the same email, but this time on my iPhone. Jonathan, J. Jonathan. There it is. Please join Zoom meeting in progress. And I'll no. double tap that email. So you are invited to a Zoom meeting now. Join from PC, Mac, Linux, iOS, or Android. There's the URL, which I'm about to double tap. Now, here's what I've done so far. As I've recommended, I've gone to the App Store and I've searched for Zoom. I found Zoom Cloud Meetings and I've downloaded that app. It's a free app in the App Store, but I've not run it yet. So you might want to quickly do this when you get a Zoom invitation for the first time. And we can attend the meeting without having to set up an account or sign in or do anything like that at all. Let's double tap the link and see what happens now. Alert. Open this page in Zoom. Open this page in Zoom. That's exactly what we want to do. So we'll flick through the choices. Cancel. Button. Open. Button. And double tap open. Start a meet. Wait. Zoom. In progress. Jonathan Mosen's personal meeting room. Heading. Leave. Button. In progress. Waiting for the host to start this meeting. This is another scenario that you may come across from time to time where you arrive at the meeting before the host does. By default, Zoom doesn't allow the meeting to begin until the host joins, although the host can choose to override that behavior if they wish. For the first time in this tutorial, we're going to take a look at the computer on which I run Zoom primarily. That's our main studio computer. And because I've joined the meeting on my iPhone, that triggers an email to me as the host of the meeting. So I'm going to Alt-Tab into Microsoft Outlook now. Inbox primary mail outlook. And Inbox. have a look at this email. Zoom your meeting attendees are waiting. Sun 6 slash 11 slash. And so we'll press enter on this email. Message. Hi there. Please click this URL to start your Zoom meeting. Jonathan Mosen's personal meeting room. H and we'll talk about the concept of personal meeting rooms when we look at hosting a meeting. Right now, this part of the tutorial looks at simply attending a meeting. But I am going to open my Zoom client and join my personal meeting room. Search box edit. Start Zoom desktop app. I'll press enter. Zoom cloud meetings. Zoom pro account. Zoom connecting tab. Zoom pro account. I'm connected to the Zoom service now, and I have a pro account. When we deal with hosting meetings, we'll talk about the differences between the standard and the pro account. The standard account is free and does give you quite a bit of flexibility to use Zoom at no charge at all. 
I'll press the tab key. Status. Available button drop down. Settings button. Start with video button. Start without video button. And I'm going to start without video. Zoom. Alert. You are using the computer audio. Alerting. Click to share screen. Alert. Zoom would like to access the microphone. To hear others, please join audio. What happened at that point was that because I joined the meeting, my iPhone has recognized that the host has arrived, and now it's going through a series of standard permission requests that you get in iOS. These will happen only once the first time that you run the app and you try to attend a meeting. I'll flick through those on my iPhone now. To hear others, please join audio. To hear others, to hear others, don't allow. Button, okay, button. I'm using iOS 10 as I put this tutorial together and there were a couple of focus issues there, so I had to tap around the screen to get back into focus and find the OK button. I'll double tap on OK. OK, Zoom. Displaying Jonathan Mosin's avatar. I'll go to the top of the screen now with a four-finger single tap. To hear others, please join audio. And it tells me, like it did when we joined from the L Braille, which is a Windows 10 device, that if you want to hear others, you've got to join audio. And we have the same choices available, but this time on the iPhone. So I'll flick to the right. Call using internet audio. Button. Dial in. Button. I want to call using internet audio, so I'll flick to the left. Call using internet audio. Button. And double tap. Call your headphones. headphones. Button. I'll just kill that in the mix before we get into a serious echo chamber, but that indicates that, once again, the iPhone is now connected. So just to recap, we downloaded the Zoom Cloud Meetings app on the iOS App Store, and we double-tapped a link that was contained in an email. It may well also be contained on a web page as well, or you could receive it via text message and anywhere that you can get a link. The app ran for the first time, and because this is an audio-only meeting, it asked for permission to use the microphone. If the meeting used video as well, and the first time you do attend a meeting that uses video, you'll also be asked for access to the camera. We were then asked to join audio, and you can join either by the phone or by internet audio, and it's usually internet audio that you'll want to pick. And we were in the meeting and able to participate. All of that without the requirement to even sign in to the Zoom service at all. So those are the basics of attending. There are many other features, most of which you can get by setting up a free Zoom account yourself. So let's take a look at that process now. To purchase the complete audiobook, Meet Me in the Cloud, a guide to Zoom cloud meetings from a blindness perspective, visit mosen.org zoom. That's M-O-S-E-N dot org slash zoom. Thanks for listening to The Blind Side, a production of Mosin Consulting. On the web at mosin.org.